Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide, is the game good by today's standards and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan Jordan, as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what do we get into today? Today we played The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening Deluxe for the Nintendo Game Boy Color. Link's Awakening is the story of a selfish little boy annihilating an entire world because he wanted to play a song for a confused fish. Oh, uh, oops. He, well, it's not a... I mean, you can't argue a single <laughs> syllable of that statement. Uh, yeah, well, I'm trying to think, because like, does that imply that he's selfish in yeah. every game? Listen, this is the thing. Well, I guess he's not destroying a No, dream. he's usually saving the world, and in this one, he's literally Thanos. <laughs> but it's a dream. Yeah, all of those people were terrified of their world going away, and as you get closer and closer to the end of the game, people are like, even the bosses are begging you, like, please don't destroy our world, no. and the people are like getting more and more nervous, and then all of a sudden, you just, Thanos dust them, and the, the end credits is just like everybody blipping away. <sighs> I don't know, man. If you didn't know, know. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can have a 30-year-old spoiler alert, but this game takes place in a dream. Uh, well, they kind of put that out front, though. It's Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't really miss it. Every single sign and person and boss in the game tells you it's all a dream. You're like, is, it, is there going to be a twist? It's not really a dream, is it? No, Jordan, the game's literally called Link's Awakening. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Dan, there are other kind of awakenings you can have, though. Yes, it's a, both a literal and metaphorical awakening yeah. for Link. Maybe it was about him gaining some sort of knowledge that he didn't previously have. He tends to do that in each and every Zelda game. Are you, are you <laughs> the series? The Zelda series is really just about Link's intellectual awakening, and then slumbering for hundreds of years, and then waking, and then slumbering. Dude loves to right? nap. Yeah. yeah. Isn't he in like uh uh isn't he like cryo frozen in Breath of the Wild or something? Yeah. Again, <laughs> this is the second Zelda game we've covered in the podcast. First one was the NES Legend of Zelda, um, episode sixty three, if I'm if I remember correctly. And um pretty much every Zelda game. Like don't bother trying to figure out the story <laughs> because you'll just you'll just that that's not the point of the games is the story. I mean like it's there. But like it's it's sort of like Star Fox where they're like, should we come up should we come up with a new story? Nah, let's just do the same thing again. Well, Jordan, actually this one, this game takes place after Ocarina of Time, but before the Oracle games on the Game Boy, if you're curious about, yeah, okay. about the, the timeline um, of um Zelda here. Some people do like to try to make up a timeline. I will say that as far as the story goes, this one is definitely the most unique because they didn't even bother trying to make it a normal Zelda game. Actually, I think they they purposefully tried to not make it a normal Zelda game. Yeah, as I was, uh, uh, some of the fun facts. Yeah, it's a great know, segue. Com- coming off of, coming off of Wikipedia, of course, our our um, one of our favorite websites. Sponsor us, Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, well, t- any of the pedias really, Wikipedia, Zeldapedia, Bulbapedia, Pedialyte. We'll take any of it. <laughs> That's like a, bev- a beverage for children, I think. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, this one developed and published by Nintendo, of course. If you didn't know, the Legend of Zelda franchise. It's a, a Nintendo game. Unless, well, we haven't checked the news recently. Maybe Microsoft has bought Nintendo. <laughs> that seems to be going around these days. Although the remake is made by Geezer. 
Uh, it's something <laughs> like that. Yeah, the remake on the Nintendo Switch is made by Gizmo or Gizmo. something, something <laughs> like that. Something G, I don't know. Uh, Jordan, uh, this game, the original version came out in 1993. Um, June in Japan, uh, August, North America, and then December in Europe. And then the deluxe version came out in 1998 in Japan in December and North America. And then Europe got it on New Year's Day of 1999. And then in 2019, the Nintendo Switch version by Grezzo. 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 <laughs> uh, developed by Grezzo, published by Nintendo for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Jordan, this uh, development began as an after-hours attempt to port Link to the Past to the I, Game Boy. I love the story of this game. Yeah. I was reading about it, and it's like some dude just the, like... The story of the game or the story of the development? The, of the story game? of the development <laughs> of the game. I also do like the story of the game, but the way that it became like a thing, it's like some guy just staying in his office after hours, neglecting his family probably, uh, and he decides to take a Game Boy development kit and just like push it to its limits by trying to port a Super Nintendo game over. Yeah. and then other people get excited about it and yeah. then all of a sudden it's like an official thing <laughs> yeah it's speaking of other other people the majority of the link to the past team assembled to work on link's awakening i like that when i was reading the wikipedia i read a funny quote from the director of the game who recalled that it felt as though they were making a parody of the yeah. legend of zelda rather than an actual zelda game yeah yeah that's like the funniest thing it's like yeah this is this isn't a zelda game we're just gonna make it super wacky and then all of a sudden nintendo's like yeah do that yeah, well, it we'll get into some of that a little bit of like the ability or not the ability, but uh, what they were able to do with the game by taking it out of the traditional Hyrule, yeah, um, Ganon, Zelda, Triforce, Triforce stuff. Um, they were able to bring some interesting elements into this game. Hey, they sure were. <laughs> uh, Jordan, last fun fact for now. Uh, the Game Boy and Game Boy Color versions together have sold more than 6 million copies. So that's a lot of copies. That is a lot of copies. That's a lot of copies. Um, I can't remember what the exact stat was um, on Wikipedia somewhere, but it said it was um, it was charting for like 90 months straight. Holy cow. Like, I don't know, remember if it was the original version or like... I mean, I guess it probably would have been the original version to the Game Boy Color version. But yeah, somewhere on, on the Wikipedia page, it said something about it was one of the best-selling, I think, Game Boy games for like 90 months straight or something. You said 7 million? Six. Six million? Uh, Six. As of March 2021, the Switch version had sold 5.5 million, making it one of the best-selling Switch games. I feel... Okay. You just said 5.5 million. And that's, enough, that's nothing to sneeze at, 5.5 million copies. Yeah. That is probably Grezzo's biggest <laughs> right. biggest game right there. But I feel like you saying that's one of the highest selling Switch games is like, yeah, really? I, I mean, I'm that just, doesn't sound... I'm just reading that off of Google. I don't yeah. know what the... That sounds like... Because, um, I mean, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has been something... Every, like, yeah, I mean, that's 39 Switch owners, million. That's 39 million. Switch owners seem to buy a copy of that every month for some reason. Um, who's left to buy Mario Kart 8 Deluxe besides me? Well, I mean, there's 39 million copies that have been sold, and then there's 7.7 billion Swizzle owners in the world. Oh, so. wait. Actually, isn't that like a Breath of the Wild thing? Isn't it like there's like 30 million Switches sold and 39 million copies? I forgot there was more copies. So just <laughs> looking real quick here through the list of... Uh, of best-selling Switch games, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening is number eighteen, so it's it's okay. way it's way down the list. 
Okay. Yeah, I was thinking too, just about, you know, that little Breath of the Wild, more copies sold than Switches. I was remembering, like, the Switch came out in like 2017. It's hard to believe that the Switch has been out for like five years now. I, it's, 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 not hard for me to believe. Real, it doesn't As feel like one it's of its been most out staunch years. supporters. Yeah, whatever. One of its most stubborn supporters. Anyway, six million copies sold on the Game Boy. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of uh, a lot of Game Boys. That is a lot of Game Boys. <laughs> that's a lot of Game Boys. Sure, why not? Uh, do you want to get into what the game does well now? Yeah, let's. All right, sounds good. This is actually my only second 2D Zelda game that okay. I've ever played. I've played a yeah. handful of the 3D ones, and by a handful, I mean like three. Um, you could fit them in your hand. I, I could fit all of the Zelda games <laughs> that I've ever played in one hand. Uh, that's probably not true, because I've played some weird Zelda spinoffs like um, uh, Hyrule Warriors and the Cadence of Hyrule. So, um, yeah. Anyway... <laughs> uh, all that to say, this is only the second uh, 2D Zelda game I've played, and I, I, we both enjoyed The Legend of Zelda when we yeah. covered it in episode 63, but we talked about how it felt like it was like a prototype, or yeah. like it was like a, a rough draft of a good game, yeah. and it's cool to see this one, a couple entries down the line, a few entries down the line, and to see the way that it's grown, and the first thing that stands out to me is that it has that same great feel as the original, but with a ton of quality of life improvements. Yeah, as I was getting into this game, I was like, this game really has a shot of being like my favorite Zelda game. Yeah, I was surprised when you said that. Yeah, like I think before today, I probably would have said the original is probably my favorite Zelda game. Really? Um, I've only played Link to the Past once, and it was, I mean, all the way through one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, that was in, I'm pretty sure, pre-podcast days. Um, so I don't remember it that well. You don't have like an hour long uh, discussion documenting all of your feelings for it? No, not yet. That'll come in a future episode of the podcast, though. It sure um, will. Look forward to that. But um, I just, I don't feel like I felt as good playing that game as I did this game. I was just like, man, I like this game. Man, I'm having fun. Man, I have, for, for like hours as I started this game, I was just like, this is great. Yeah, I can say without a doubt, I don't have, I don't even need to hedge that. This game is definitely more fun than the original. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, by comparison of the original, but I just mean like Link to the Past is a great game. Yeah. People like it, but I don't know what it is about this one where I'm like, I like this more than Link to the Past. It's all of those like rough edges that they kind of like fine tune. Like, for example, I uh, enjoyed the first game, but I found myself constantly getting stuck and having no idea what to do. And in this game, that still happens. <laughs> that still happens okay. in this game. But they realized that and they built something into the game. There's these little phone booth tree houses and they're all around the map and you can walk in and you're like, I have no clue what to do. You pick up the phone, you talk to this grandpa guy and he gives you a hint. 
And those hints were very often the things that stopped me from ripping my hair out because I finally had an idea of like, here, I need to go to this place. This is the general area of the world I need to be in. And that almost always helped me. I think that um, as we got closer to the end of this experience, I started running low on time and I had to rely more on uh, uh, like a walkthrough to help me break through some of those things. Yeah. But I think that if I had more time to go through it, I probably could have figured it out because of those hints or at least with the help of those hints. So in Link to the Past, there is like a, a hut where you can go to get hints. This, okay. This hint thing is not. I've never, I've never here. played that one. Um, his hints for me though were rarely helpful. Really, it was like often like go to the top of the mountain or go to the animal village, and it's like okay, yeah, no, no he never gave me anything that helpful. Like, you the, think that he was the, like purposely holding out on you? He was giving me better hints. Uh, I think maybe it depends. He'll tell, he says random, not random stuff, but depending on where you're at in the game, he'll say different things. So like in the beginning of the game, he's like, go to the library. There's something interesting. Look before you have the Pegasus boots and you can knock the book off the shelf. It's like, go to the library. I'm like, I already know there's a book on the shelf in the library. That's not the thing he was telling you about in the library. He was telling you all the books that tell you how to play the game. Oh, you read all those books and they tell you all the different stuff about the game. I didn't even read the books. I didn't know you could. <laughs> Go to the library. Yeah. Wow, I can't reach that one For book. I guess I'm going to avoid all the ones I can read. But then again, like the, the another time he was like, "Go to the yard, whatever, blah 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 desert." Yeah. Which is exactly what the owl told me to do. Yeah, but so if I like, knew that, that I needed to go there. And you know, he's like, "Go to the blah 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 desert." How much more obvious can I make it? And I'm like, "Well, it would be really cool if I knew what I needed to do to get there." Because <laughs> like, you're not really helping me get there. I've been stuck trying to get to this stupid desert did for you, like way too long. Did you know about the map? I did know about the map. Okay, the map and the info should have helped you get there. Yeah, Jordan. Speaking of the map, I have the map as uh, something that I like. By today's standards, the map is a little like clunky. Yeah, but it's a big improvement. Um, but it is a huge improvement. You have a map, and the map, is, like, you can click on different squares, and it'll pop up and tell you what's on that square, or you can have the owl repeat himself if you go to a square where the owl talked. Yeah. Um, the map and the fast travel system I like in this game. Now, they're not as robust as, like, a modern fast travel system might no. be, but, like, I like that. And then... Also, the the ocarina, you can learn a song that takes you to a certain point in the map or takes you back to the beginning of a dungeon. Um, so fast travel stuff and map in this game makes it a lot, uh, a lot more pleasant to navigate. Yeah. Another thing that um, was a big improvement over the original game is that one of my gripes with the original game was the fact that you just walk around and blow up everything and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. And in this game, you still kind of have to walk around and blow up a lot of stuff trying to find hidden walls and like yeah. all this stuff. They do a better job of like showing you when there's a crack on a wall and it's like, yeah. okay, I'm going to blow that up. But there's still some that you don't know about that are kind of important. But I don't know if you knew this, Dan. Kind you of take, important, like you can't progress? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd call that <laughs> uh, yeah, just yeah. pretty important. Yeah. So you take out your sword and you just go and ram it into all the walls. Yeah. And eventually, the, ec- the, the, the ping, ping, ping noise will echo. Yeah. And Dude. you're like, oh, oh, this is the wall I need to blow up. And it sounds like a small thing, but you have infinite sword and you do not have infinite bomb. And so that was a nice little helpful thing. They Did you actually write that down? Yeah, that's, that's a, like a Dan level detail, Jordan. No, Dan, that was like literally one of my biggest gripes about the other game was just like walking around and blowing stuff up and hoping for the best. And in this one, now I get to walk around and stab stuff. So literally have written down 
tapping walls with the sword and what the game does well, Jordan. I got another one that you might you might appreciate. Is this a, I don't know if this is a Dan it. level detail, but definitely a big improvement over the original is the, the compass in the dungeons. Okay. It's like, yeah. what is the point of the compass? In the original game, it like would show you like, here's where the boss is. Here's where the boomerang is. Hopefully you can get there. <laughs> and now, like one of my problems is I'm not the most like, when I'm walking around a dungeon... I'll like kill all the bad guys in a room and I just want to move on to the next room. And I'm like, not always like looking for all the secrets. Yeah. And now when you walk into a room that has a secret, the compass will play a little melody. Yeah. And now I know don't leave this room until you poke every wall or kill everything or yeah. whatever, because there's something in this room that's important. And just that yeah. little bit of help to let me know like, Oh, oop, go back. You need to do something there. That helped me a lot. What if we gave the player a little more help than we normally do? Or, they uh, might they might feel a little better. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> you know, you play like a modern game now. Um, like I'm currently playing Halo Infinite, and in the like, you're going to be playing it forever, infinitely. It, it, it's, it's, in right, the, it's right, right in the, in the title. title. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just amazing when it's like you look at how far we've come, or you have a map and you can fast travel right on the map, and like you click on any area of the map and it tells you everything that's there and all of the little quests that are involved with that. And it's like, oh yeah, we didn't we didn't have any of this, but we start to get some of that in this game. And it's like, oh man, it's so nice when you go from absolutely no quality of life things to yeah. even just a little bit. It it feels like a huge improvement. And speaking of sort of the the the, the compass helping you tell tell you when there's a key, secrets and things like that, Jordan. Uh, the seashells and just the secrets in general in this game, like. There's a ton to discover in this game, and I like that about it. Yeah, like one of the one of the things um, from Breath of the Wild that you're always like, this is in there. Uh, you don't have to do it, but like finding like the eight million Korok seeds that are scattered around the whole map, and you kind of like, I didn't realize that that was something that comes from all the way back in this game, like walking around randomly and trying to find the 26 hidden seashells. You're like, what do I do with the seashell? Well, apparently you can trade. 20 seashells for a better sword because you know yeah well not? i guess there's 50 secret seashells in the game 50 yeah i heard there's 50 oh maybe i got some bad intel maybe you maybe you misread zelda dungeon.net uh i did a lot of reading of zelda dungeon.net <laughs> highly recommend it if you're gonna play this game um if you get stuck don't don't yeah. feel bad about just trying to google and figure out what to do because listen people if you're anything like me, you're in your 30s and you don't have time for wandering around aimlessly. I just want to play the game and beat it, and I don't want to be trying to solve mist. Okay, I don't need Zelda to be mist. I just want to give a big shout out to to Zelda Dungeon.net for giving me that that helping hand as I needed it. I was a I was a lost little boy on an island made of dreams. I just needed a hand to hold me, and it was right there. <laughs> Zelda Dungeon.net. That was that was beautiful. Yeah, it was. It was beautiful that I was able to finish this game before we recorded this podcast. Honestly, this morning, I don't think either of us expected that we would <laughs> be done with this game, but here we are. We both rolled the credits. We did it. Um, I was able to do everything except for I only did half of the color dungeon before giving up on it because I realized it wasn't it wasn't necessary. Oh. I know. No, that Jordan. I, I missed out on a tunic that either doubled my damage or yeah. halved my damage taken. Yeah. But don't give me that oh Jordan when you didn't even get the boomerang, which is the most OP weapon in any video game but ever. But here's the thing though, like I you didn't get 
<laughs> the tunic that would have made your life so much easier. I this is you the thing. Have needed the I don't know. After that, like in the first couple dungeons, I died a lot. Yeah. But after that, I had enough hearts that I wasn't like dying. I don't think I would have needed the defense tunic, and I didn't even use my sword for the second half of the game because I had the boomerang and the hook shot. Why would I bother with a sword? I didn't even get the upgraded sword. Didn't even find twenty seashells to trade. I got uh, seventeen seashells. I th- I think I got something like that, 17, yeah. 18, something like that. The obvious ones. Yeah. Well, the ones on ZeldaDungeon.net that they were just like, well, oh. I'm following this walk. Oh, I go this way. Oh, I didn't oh, no, need to go. No. Oh, okay. I, I always looked ahead on the Zelda Dungeon thing. I'm like, is this actually taking me somewhere where I need to go? Or is this <laughs> is this taking me on a side quest that does not need to be happening right now? Well, I, as we were finishing uh, the eighth dungeon, I almost sent you a text. It was like, hey, man, you got to go get the magnifying glass before you can go wake, I got that. wake the windfish. I didn't. You need it. Yeah, you do need that. No, you don't. Oh, not with ZeldaDungeon.net. <laughs> what was it for? Uh, the magnifying glass, you can go back to the library and it will tell you the solution to the windfish egg maze. Oh, there yeah. There are three possible solutions. I just went with the first one on ZeldaDungeon.net. Me too. <laughs> hey, it worked for both of our saves. There's three different options. So it really wouldn't take you very long to go through all three of them. And I didn't feel like going all the way back to the bottom of the map. Now, I will say if we weren't, just just to do the nature of our schedules um, right now, like we were like, we have to record this podcast today. I would have liked to take more time oh, yeah. to discover and explore and not like, I mean, I got up through basically the seventh dungeon before I was like, I have to use a guide to finish this like now. Yeah. I think I was at the sixth one when I caved in. Yeah. But I would love to just explore more of the island. Like I didn't do a ton of like swimming around when I got the flippers. Oh, see, I swam everywhere. That was, that was like, there's so many new open places. I think there was like a, maybe like 15 to 20% of the map somewhere that I didn't get to. And I assume it was just an area that I could have swam to and didn't, or like use the raft to get somewhere or, Something. I don't know. Yeah, the raft um, The raft opens up like a quarter of the map. Yeah, but I would have loved to uh, to just take taken more time with this game than I had. But It's interesting. I So as I'm playing Halo Infinite and I'm look, looking back to my experience with Breath of the Wild, I actually do enjoy side quests. I just enjoy side quests when I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. It's like, here's where you need to go and here's what you need to do. Yeah. I love that. Like, I'm progressing so slowly through the campaign of Halo Infinite because I have to stop and do every single side quest. Yeah. But the difference is I know what to do and where to go. Whereas in this game, it's like, I don't know, why don't you maybe go back to a village from the very beginning of the game that you had no reason (laughs) to go to and look underneath a statue that you'd never know to look underneath. And it's like, that's not the kind of side quest that I'm into. Like just walking around and aimlessly like, pushing rocks around and hoping for the best we'll get without there. any clue. Yeah, we'll I'm just there. saying, like, it's interesting. Like, <laughs> I really do like side quests, but for some reason, like, I, I know I want to go back and do the color dungeon because it's, like, a thing that I can I'm just surprised you didn't I know finish it. it. It wasn't even that long. No, well, I, like, I got two rooms into it and realized, like, this isn't necessary and I am running out of time. The color dungeon, by the way, if you're unaware, it's it's one of the things they added in the deluxe version of the game that came out for Game Boy Color. Is it because the original version didn't have color? Yeah, well, you can't. So if you play it backwards compatible on an original Game Boy, I don't think you can actually access the color dungeon. It would be really hard since all of the puzzles yes. involve colors and yep. you can't see colors. On it was it. a fun dungeon, though. 
A fungin. A fun fungin. Fungin. Uh Jordan. Yeah. Next thing on my list, I love the Mario and the other franchise references that you have in this game. So it, the thing takes place in a dream. Yeah. What other excuse could you possibly have to literally have Goombas and Kirby, or should I say anti-Kirby? Um, piranha plants, you got Bowser head statues. Um, you just have references Luigi to Luigi is the chicken farmer. I mean, it's not just because he's wearing green. And had a mustache and looked exactly like Mario so to Luigi. what, man? You yeah, never, that was Luigi. You never know. Also, the, um, the like, what are the guys with the spears called? The bad guys with spears. They're uh, blue. G- Dodongos. No, not that. <laughs> Octoroks. No. Garudas. No, okay, just, please stop. No. <laughs> it's weavers and pea hats. Okay, get it right. Moba. Um, moblins. Moblins. Thank you. The Moblins. <laughs> oh, I got it right. The blue Moblins look <laughs> straight up like Blastoise sprites. They, Just, yes. I said that I streamed some of this game and oh, yeah, I was you, like, yeah. Blastoise. He's everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, Blastoise is everywhere? <laughs> well, apparently he was time traveling <laughs> because he didn't even exist yet at this point. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, I like the fact that the dream sequence allowed them to just quite literally put Mario into this game. It's just like, let's do that. It's yeah, it's it's cool. Uh it does kind of take you out of the Zelda Not world. When, no. But it's fine. You were never in the Zelda world to begin with, Jordan. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> also, like uh you get to the end of the game and you realize that the windfish is just Kyogre. The, dude, I laughed out loud when I saw the windfish. It's it's I like, was like, what is this? Kyogre took a trip to Woodstock and uh came back all tie dyed. Yeah, it's like a giant whale with like some. Uh, so what is it? Very like Southwest Native American tribal <sighs> patterns looking kind of thing. Like, oh, is it Cirque du Soleil? Like, what am I trying to think of? <laughs> like, I don't know. There's some. It just looks weird. Yeah, it's, it's just it's very weird. It's I, weird. I, I I laughed. It was it was good. Um, Jordan, uh, this is a weird point, but it's not. Uh, getting new items makes playing the game a lot more fun. Like, just uh, disagree. Uh, disagree. Well, no, I don't mean like retrieving the items. I mean, no, I don't oh, okay. <laughs> I more meant like when I got uh, the the feather. It was like fun to jump around, or like, it was fun to be able to do something that you should have been able to just do. <laughs> Maybe. Jump. Maybe I don't know. I feel like at tri- it's one of those things where kind of like the super metroid feel of like oh you get the you get fully powered up and then all of a sudden you're killing enemies quicker and you're moving around the world quicker and like all these upgrades kind of culminate in making the game more fun to walk around like i would like to now go explore the map more now that i have everything that i need is kind of what i'm saying um yeah i mean well i'll i'll share my points in the next segment fine i know i i know what you're gonna say you don't you don't know i know you can't read my mind you don't own me. I know. All right. Well, last point, Jordan. Last point. This game has like a weird quirkiness to it that I, I like. I found myself like amused by bringing an alligator some dog food. Like just the, like there's a lot of the characters are, are kind of silly. The world is a little bit silly. Um, there was something quirky about this game that I found, I guess, amusing. Yeah, it's super quirky. I think that um, when they did the re- like the rele- the reveal trailer for the Switch version, and it looked like little kids' toys, and it was all tilt shifted and everything, like 
it worked perfectly because this world is so quirky and goofy that that art style was perfect, like the claymation kind of looking thing. And so I, I, I think that the quirkiness is definitely a, a positive factor of the game. Yeah, I remember when I was like streaming, I, was, I, kept, I kept having these moments where I was like, what? Like, what? What? <laughs> it was just like, the, there's just this sense of like, what is like, what is happening right yeah. now? Um, and I think that serves the game well. But I don't know what you would, how you would uh, measure that. Um, quantify the quirkiness quant- yes what's the quirkiness quotient yeah <laughs> that sounds like a new segment on a scale of one to five what is the quirkiness quotient maybe we game? replace the worth it or worthless segment with the quirkiness quotient yeah just we'll actually just change the whole name of the podcast <laughs> or start a whole new one. welcome to the quirkiness quotient where every couple weeks we take a game from my personal collection and rate how quirky it is <laughs> All right, man. I, I am I'm, I'm fresh out of what the game does well points. All right. Let's move on. All right. All right, Dan. The number one problem that I have with this game is that you have about 9,000 items that you need to use (laughs) frequently. Uh, You have the uh, crispy croissant that lets you pick up rocks and (laughs) push around boulders and stuff. It's called the power bracelet, but it looks like a burnt croissant roll. Uh, you talking uh, about the level one or level two? <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. Well, level two is the burnt one. Uh, you got the bow and arrow, bomb, sword, shield, uh, feather that lets you jump. You got a magic wand, ocarina, uh, the ocarina. ocarina. You got the ocarina. You ocarina. got a quick shot. Hey, hook, ocarina, hook shot, whatever it's called. There, uh, a hook shot. I'm missing some. There's a there's a bunch. There's too many. And you have two buttons to pair them to. Yeah. So you are constantly like, okay, I need my uh, Pegasus boots to let me run, and I need my uh, feather that lets me jump. But oh, now I gotta pick this up. Let me swap real quick for my power bracelet so I can pick it up. Oh no, somebody's attacking me. I better switch out and grab my sword. And oh, this enemy can only be stopped with a shield. Where's my shield? I haven't yep. used it in shield. four you hours. The shovel. shovel. There's a shovel that you need one time in the game. <laughs> this is the thing. <laughs> The Switch version, uh, it's it's really nice because obviously the Switch has more than two buttons, so yeah. your shield can always be on R. You can always jump, or well, no, um, you're always using attack, um, like for one button. So with yeah. your sword, you're attacking or whatever, and then uh, there's like just an action button that will let you pick things up. You don't ever yeah. have to equip your power bracelet. It's passive, which it should be in this game. There's no reason that the power bracelet shouldn't be passive in the Game Boy version. Um, I mean, I get... The, the swimming, yes, the swimming yes stuff no. is passive. I can swim around and it's passive and it works perfectly. Why not make the power band be passive? Yeah, or like maybe they should have um, pushed it to to like pressing a and b at the same time or like well they do some... use that for something oh uh, well, yeah that's another thing i think that the game doesn't do so well maybe is it it gets into some really advanced i don't want to it gets into some unexpected item combination like usage so like pegasus boots to feather jumping 
Yeah. Like I think it might have been the third or fourth dungeon. There's like a three hole gap that you have to do that to get yeah. over. And I tried it several times. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is what I'm supposed to do. But I'm like holding forward on the D-pad. And like if you hold any direction on the D-pad, you can't jump as far, which is ridiculous. Oh, uh, yeah. It makes perfect sense. So I got stuck. Like I, I, I clearly I'm missing something. I got to go explore the dungeon more. Yeah. Um, and that's not the only one. I feel, I feel like there's other, like they just, <sighs> part of the thing with this game, which kind of bleeds into, to the next point is I feel like the developers were so tickled with themselves coming up with some of these puzzles. Um, like I, I have that the game feels too obscure for its own good. Yeah, that's part of the problem of having so many items is it's like yeah. I'm sure I'm supposed to use something here like, I kept forgetting it's like well obviously I'm stuck in this spot all I have to do is my hook shot but I haven't used my hook shot in a half an hour so I kind of forgot that it exists yeah. and so it's like they're good mechanics but there's just too many of them yeah and like another thing that makes the game super obscure is the the trading quest which is doesn't seem essential but actually is but isn't but is some parts of it aren't essential some parts of it are essential yeah well you have to do it to progress to certain areas, yeah. But you don't have to follow it all the way through to the end of the game. You should though, because it's the only way to get you the boomerang. Should. And the boomerang, like I said, is the most overpowered weapon in a yeah. Zelda game. It's so. I mean, good. F- fair enough. Take it or leave it. No, um, no. J- Dan played the hard way. I did play the hard way. I played the easy way, and I have no shame. So currently in my inventory on my save, I still have the hibiscus, which I never, uh, I never. Trade yeah, it, you trade were, it up. You had quite a ways to go still. But uh, yeah, another one, another thing that makes this game super obscure, I feel like it would be more pleasant a second time, but like you have to go solve the signpost maze to then learn a song for an ocarina to then go back to the, which, oh, shout out to Wart. Yeah, exactly. I've, we forgot when we were talking yeah. about all of the Nintendo yeah. characters. Uh, there's Wart, the bad guy from, from Mario, Mario 2. 2, has a, a has emerged name. from the wood chipper. To be in Link's dream. Wasn't that also a dream, though? Didn't they say it was. Mario 2? What is this dude only in dreams? <laughs> Interesting. Maybe he's like, know. they need to make like a third dream-based Nintendo game where he's like behind it all along. Link's dreamland. Um, <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. Uh, so you get you get the frog song from Wart. Yeah, classic. And, and then you have to go back to, to is it Mabe Village? Maybe? M-A-B-E? Oh, I don't know how you say it. I was, I was saying Mabe in my head, but maybe. Mabe? Maybe it's Mabe. Mabe. Who knows? Mabe. Um, then you got to push this statue out of the way, and then you have to go play the song for some rooster bones to get the key to get in the seventh dungeon. Yeah. Which I, before I knew, before my you know handy, handy helper came along, Zelda Dungeon, um, I got all the way to the second, the seventh dungeon and I couldn't get in and I had no idea where the key was. So I wasted a bunch more time. And then because I, because the parts that you need to put together to get it are so like spread out. They're not yeah. anywhere near each other. It's and that's, like, yeah, yeah. That's just it. I don't mind puzzles in games, but this game does it in such a way where it's like you get doing something else. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like you forget about something or it's just there's no like how would you possibly know about that rooster and then you made it essential to get into a dungeon so this is this is my takeaway from all of these i was like really thinking about this because i really like this game but there's some things that like i have no idea how people are 
figured this out without like a guide. Yeah. So yeah, my, like the conclusion that I came to, because like it's a good game, but also there's some things that just really made me mad about it. I think that this is a game that would be so, so much better on a second playthrough. Yeah. Like I feel like now that I've beaten it on Game Boy, I want to go back at some point and actually beat it on my Switch because yeah. I have it on Switch. I only ever got to like the third dungeon before getting... I have a short attention span. I got excited about something else. Uh, I feel like <laughs> if I went back and played it on my Switch, now that I know like, okay, here's where I need to go, yeah. it would be so much more fun. Yeah, yeah. Which leads into my next point is like I feel like in the truest sense, I have a love-hate relationship with this game. <laughs> Cause I there's something about it where I'm like this seems like a great game yeah but over the last couple of days and granted I've put like eight hours in over the last two days which is just a lot for me it is yeah in a short period especially this is with supposed a game to like be this. like a 16 hour game well I, f- I one of the things that one of the thoughts that I kind of had about it was it feels a little bit like Pokemon in the sense of like it's a portable game that feels like you can play it for a long time in small chunks yeah. Um, and I think that the game would be a lot more fun if you didn't try to cram it all into a short session. For sure. But I think you'd also get kind of confused and forget what you were doing because you always have to be like yeah. on mission. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it'd be one of those things where if you put in like an hour a day, you'd probably feel oh, pretty, yeah. pretty good about it. Yeah. An hour, an hour is a good amount. You don't want to yeah. go trying to do this in like 15 minute chunks or you're going to get real confused. But yeah, the, like the first half of the game, I absolutely enjoyed um, and then the second half of the game with like the Eagle dungeon you're tossing around this ball and it's like, I tossed it or I was trying to figure out the dungeons myself. I was trying to not use a guide for this and it's just, it doesn't let you do that. It, it would be hard. Yeah. You'd have to play for a long time and do a lot of trial and error. I threw that ball almost everywhere, like almost like 90% of the places that you could throw it. That ball has been places. It's so annoying. And then part of the problem too is I, from, you know, this morning to like this afternoon or whatever, when I finished it up, I was, I was like, where did I put the ball? Where did I leave the ball? (laughs) Cause it saves. It doesn't reset. Yeah. The only item in the game that saves its location. (laughs) You can carry it from one screen to another without it going away. And so once you've, once it's moved, you gotta remember where it is, and that's not a small dungeon. No, it's like the one of the biggest ones, maybe the biggest one in the game. Uh, so yeah, I like. I'm like, man, this this game. I felt so good about it, and now I just feel so exhausted from it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a product of how we played it too. Yeah. But, all right, Dan. I have one last point that really irked me. Yeah, and this is again something that they fixed in the Switch version. So um, if if all of these are resonating with you, they did definitely tweak stuff to make it a little bit more linear, a little bit more accessible. But the biggest thing for me is if you don't have the right item equipped. Going back to having so many items, if say for example you don't have the power band and you brush into a boulder, or you don't have a oh, Pegasus yeah. boots on and you brush into a green boulder, a text box, a very slow text box comes <laughs> yeah. up to tell you what you're doing wrong. Even if it's the 100th time you've seen that text box, you have to scroll through the whole thing. And every time you pick up a piece of power or a defense acorn, which is a thing that exists, yeah. uh, you have to read the text oh, box again. Yeah. And uh, or touch some ice. It tells you, ooh, this is cold. Yeah, I know it's cold. It's ice. You don't need to tell yeah. me. And I'm really slow text box again. And so just like the, the text boxes were infuriating. It was often um, just like, 
uh, insult, <laughs> bringing insult to injury because like I'm already like I know what I need to do and I'm frustrated and then all of a sudden I'm like trying to get into my inventory and switch to one of my 18,000 items yeah. and instead I bump into a rock <laughs> and now here's a text box that I got to read. Uh, I hated that. Yeah, yeah. Every second of it. Totally. Um, you just touched on a couple things that I forgot to put in what the game does well, Jordan. What? Well, uh, the the acorns and the the, tr- pieces, the, of the power. pieces of power. I liked I liked those, um, and I also forgot to bring up the music, Jordan. Just want to touch on the music really quick. Yeah, uh, music is great in this game. It's it's Zelda. You know what you're gonna get. Yeah, and there's some nice little yeah. remixes of some old Zelda tunes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I liked it. It was good. Yeah, it was one of the things that I was just like. I think it's part of what made me feel great about the game early on. It's just like hearing that good, good Zelda music. It is nice when you boot up the game and you you hear it or you enter a dungeon and it's just like it does set the the tone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, I think I'm all done. Me too. All right. Let's move on to the rest of our show. awakening yeah this is an interesting one it's a fun one it's a longer one it definitely kept my attention the whole time i don't feel like it overstayed its welcome um it's also interesting one because i own the upgraded version on switch however i have not finished that one and i have finished the game boy one i love game boy it's one of my favorite um it was like the first console that i can say was mine yeah um i will say uh, i found out the hard way that if you don't use like an original D-pad in a modded Game Boy, uh, it's totally fine in 99.9% of Game Boy games. Yeah. However, in Link's Awakening, if you accidentally press left and right at the same time, which is possible with a non-original Game Boy D-pad, which is <laughs> what I have in my modded Game Boy, uh, Link just disappears. What? He becomes invisible. <laughs> And sometimes, very rarely, I think only twice in the course of my, like, 15-plus hours of playing, uh, the game will soft lock, and you have to, like, save and continue, like save and quit. So, wow, um, that was unfortunate. I would be fighting, like, one of the bosses, and my <laughs> Link would disappear. I could swing my sword and see my sword. I could use Rock's Feather and see my shadow, but I could not see Link. So that was kind of disappointing. <laughs> now I've been Googling where to buy an OEM D-pad because I don't want to <laughs> rip out one from one of my other Game Boy shells. I have a lot of Game Boys. Um, I don't know why I have a lot of Game Boys. When we did our uh, community, what was that called? The the semi-quarterly inaugural community retro game hunt. Yeah. On Zoom, <laughs> I didn't hunt down anything because I struck out, but I kept just showing you all the stuff that I have in my box. I have one box of retro games, and it's like half full of Game Boys for some reason. I should post that somewhere. What, my box? No, the, you can't the, have it. the Zoom mine. event. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, so all that to say, what would I pay for yeah, <laughs> the experience I just had? You just went on a completely... Well, no, because I'm like, uh, this is the thing. I have it. My D-pad was broken. Yeah, it's not as good on my Game Boy. Modded Game Boys. But I love Game Boy. OEM. I feel like 
I didn't pay for the Switch version. I got it for my birthday. So I can't even like judge it based on that. I think that if I ever play this again, I'm wanna, I'm going to want to play it on Switch. I don't yeah. think I'd want to play this on Game Boy again just because only having two buttons is not the ideal way to play this game. No. So if I bought it, it would just be uh, like to, to have it, and that's not really me. But for what I spent, the time I spent, this is the longest I've ever spent trying to figure this out, which might be a good yeah. sign. I feel like... Fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars. Because I put at least, at the very least, fifteen hours into it, and I had at least a dollar worth of fun on each of those hours. Wow. Yeah. Which you might, if you don't listen to this podcast often, you're like, "This guy's dumb." But that's a lot (laughs) for me. That's a lot for me. I'm not a retro collector. If you do listen to this podcast often, you might be like, "This guy's dumb." Yeah. Well, for completely (laughs) different reasons and totally justified. But at least you have some sort of background and context to come from. <laughs> uh, I started to think about this for like a second before we started recording, and then I stopped. I was like, "That's I all you can." I don't know. Your brain went into shutdown mode. You're like, "I really like this game, but also it was frustrating, and I have this love hate relationship." Well, I got. A, I was out there shoveling the driveway. Uh, we got some snow recently. We did a so lot. Was, yeah, a decent amount of snow. Shoveling the driveway, trying to th- process my thoughts on what I just experienced. And I was like, well, "How do how do I feel?" I don't know. I feel like torn love hate relationship um 12 to 15 that's where i'm coming oh in, i think geez wow i thought you're gonna at, shoot at way higher than the me. moment i'm at 12 to 15 okay um interesting you know how i get when we do these podcasts where it's like i have a miserable time and then like two days later i'm like man i could really I go play, play that game you. again i do know that <laughs> dan do you have any interest whatsoever in playing the switch version i do i actually okay I'm super interested in playing the Switch version. Interesting. Oh, you're welcome to borrow it sometime um, if you'd like to. Yeah, I just don't know when I would play it. I haven't started Breath of the Wild. I bought Breath of the Wild on Switch a, a year a year ago. Insane to me. One of the greatest games I've ever played, and you're like, uh, it's in my backlog. It's not, uh, it's in my backlog. It's, uh, I won't play it all the way through if I start it. So I just, wanted, just, I just want to wait till... Um, cause most of my gaming goes to podcast games. Uh, that's so we're going to have to wait 15 years and then we can play breath of the wild for the show. Not necessarily. Oh, I guess it's 12 years at this point. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Episode. I don't know, man. I don't know. The, is the Wii U retro? We could sort of, no, the, Wii, <laughs> came, the game came out in 2017. Uh, oh, I got a message on, on Instagram, Instagram from somebody who from listening to the podcast decided to buy a switch. Okay. Because, I mean, they felt left out with 7 billion sold. <sighs> and a Wii U. So they're among the 13 million of us. Wow. Who have a Wii U. So 13 million? You mean 13? There are 13 there are 14. million Wii U's that exist. <laughs> they're out there. And that is... Somewhere. You might say that's a big number because 13 million is a lot of dollars. It's not a lot of major first-party consoles. <laughs> <laughs> For reference, the PlayStation Vita sold 13 million consoles. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, Jordan, what do you think? Um, uh, what do you, what, what do we do next? What do you think the the internet is paying? What do you think this one's going for? So I feel like if we're talking about the deluxe version, it's like one of the all time most beloved Game Boy games. At least it yeah. seems that way. For the internet, the internet's version of reality is often different than the actual version of reality. But that's how the internet, the actual version of reality. Yeah. Well, you have virtual reality and then reality. Then reality. you have Jordan's universe. Yeah, well, as the voice of a generation, I would say <laughs> that Zelda 
Link's Awakening DX is probably selling for $38. So the original version, the non-DX version, yeah. is going, the North American uh, version of it, $36. Okay. So I'm guessing the DX version is a lot more. <laughs> and then the PAL version of the original is 27 Hey, sure. PAL. It's a reverse PAL tax. Reverse PAL tax. So, uh, no, you're you're off on the deluxe version. Okay, let's hear it. What what it's what's it going for? Fifty four dollars. Okay, so not like a <laughs> not crazy. That's, it's still like almost as much as a first party modern AAA game. That's like the most like restrained reaction. I'm not surprised. <laughs> maybe you've ever had. I'm not surprised. Like I, it's, it's Zelda. <laughs> it's Zelda. It's you know. There's a yeah. reason that they they got Grezzo, one of the greatest developers of all time, to to make the port, you know? Well, if the game is like already made, yeah. like I'm and that's not to diminish what it takes to modernize a game and bring it to modern. Are you hardware. saying that Grezzo doesn't have the skills to make a Zelda game from the floor up? I didn't say anything about Grezzo. I'm saying porting a pre existing design and like all this stuff yeah would be a lot easier than coming up with it from scratch well they did they did um have to add additional buttons dan <laughs> whatever man uh that game i love the art style in that game though yeah it's like, great it looks, it looks cool i mean i you can tell that um pokemon with the diamond and pearl um with that kind of like chibi style too yeah. not exactly the claymation style but definitely they realized hey we can take some of our old stuff throw this cutesy little style on it and people will throw the money at us. Speaking of how long it takes me to play games, I bought that game the day it came out and I'm pretty sure I'm like five badges into it. So that's why I don't start Breath of the Wild. Is yeah, but you, this is the thing. You're three, playing, four months later. You're playing Diamond and Pearl it. for probably like the fourth time and you haven't played Breath of the Wild yet, with the, which is just well, I played Diamond blowing. once and I played Platinum once. So it's only like the third time really. Okay, the point still um, stands. All right, so no, the $54 for the North American, uh, $47 for the PAL. Wow, Deluxe man, I wonder what's DX going on version. with the PAL over there. You got some bargains. And then uh, price charting had the Switch remake at $36 complete in box. Oh, yeah. If so, you, yeah, do that. Buy that one. Yeah, yeah. buy the good one. And uh, I mean, they're all good. They're all good. It's all good. But you're definitely getting a much more modern version of the game with the, yeah. the switch one yeah because it literally is more modern and i also heard that it's pretty faithful to it the is. original i went through and played a little bit of it today after and there's definitely some changes um not major they're all things that should <laughs> they're all good they're from what i've seen so far every change has been for the better yeah like what what kind of like just like I said, with uh, making the shield always be locked to a button, attack, and your action buttons being locked. Um, some things like uh, there were some like small things that were interesting. Like um, for example, in the Game Boy version, you have the what's it called? Trendy game. It's like the crane machine. <laughs> oh, where you get the Yoshi doll, so you can get the ribbon, so you yes. can get the dog so food. In the trendy game, which is bananas, just a crane machine. <laughs> yes. The- <laughs> There's a crane machine game, and in that version, you can get every item you want 
super easily because you just hit the button as soon as they're on the far right side of the track right in the middle and you'll get them every time uh, in the switch version they mix it up a little bit to add a little bit of difficulty Ooh. stuff doesn't move you have to move the crane to each item um, things like uh, in the pothole field you enter the field from the guy's house instead of going around the back and coming into the field, which I don't really understand why they made that change, but it's just like a minor change. Oh, well, okay. And then they put a piece of heart up there. So I don't, uh, I don't really know, okay. but there was definitely some like small changes, but nothing that you're going to be like this. Oh, they ruined this game. I was for a second. I was like pothole field. And then I remember what you're talking. I was like, oh, yeah, the field where oh. you had to dig every single inch. It's yeah. why you need you the shovel, the Pegasus boots and you just go, Right? Uh, I didn't. No, I didn't do that. I dug every single I hole. About the, with my, the, maybe we're talking about different places. There's a, like before. So you go to the guy's house and he wants his golden leaves. Yeah. And you have to go get the golden leaves. There's a maze leaves. in his backyard or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's pothole field. Oh, okay. Whatever. Agree to disagree. Yeah. It's not a big deal. <laughs> As you can see, not a big deal where you enter the field from. <laughs> Also, small things like um, putting five rupee pieces in the grass instead of just one rupee pieces. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was another weird thing. The Switch thing. version, it's easier to ac- accumulate uh, rupees. Uh, and also, in this, why in the in the Game Boy version are blue rupees worth one? Dude, that's, that's wrong. I don't know why there's only... There's like some chests, I think, that have... Or wait, no. There's, there's like a hidden room in a dungeon. Yeah. Where all the rupees are worth like a bunch. Yeah. But that's like the only place. There's like, so in the original Legend of Zelda, there were like some five rupees. Yeah. And single rupees. Yeah. Why did they take it out of this one? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. But by the end of the game, I was at 999. So that's right. Millionaires. Millionaires, baby. And then they were like 10 bombs for 10 rupees, 10 arrows for oh, 10 rupees, whatever. Speaking of that, did you find the bat that like increases your inventory? Uh, I found him once thanks to ZeldaDungeon.net and he gave me more magic See, powder. See, I just stumbled on the magic powder one, the arrow one, and the bomb one. And being able to have 60 bombs was clutch. Oh, man. I mean, I managed with 30. Yeah. Very fine. rarely was I ever low on bombs. Oh, I like, see, I like just chuck bombs. Uh, all right. So $54. I got to call that worthless, obviously. Yeah. But at $36 for the Switch version, D- yeah, that's, that's worth probably... It. I would imagine worth it, though I can't speak from experience. You're at two bucks an hour for a modern game. That's that's worth it. Or you could go to an arcade and spend two bucks in to play five, five of, minutes to play Legend five of Zelda: minutes. Link's Awakening at the arcade. No. Not a great no. arcade experience. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, Jordan, we got trivia. Yes, we have some trivia. I actually have two because one was really interesting, but I thought that it might be a fun fact, but it wasn't a fun fact. So now it's a fun trivia. All right, Dan. Number <laughs> one. The, number one. Which 90s TV show was a big inspiration? Full House. Let's go. <laughs> Which 90s TV show step was a... Step by step. Oh, goodness. I'm going to give you some options, Dan. I'm going to give you some options. Which 90s TV show was a big inspiration for the developers of Link's Awakening? Was it A, X-Files? Twin Peaks. Yeah, Next. Okay, you saw it. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Bro, even, you know, the people, I thought about, I I did think about, sorry, I shouldn't have cut you off. Because the, the listeners, the listeners want to do sorry. the trivia too, and now yeah, you just ruined it for them. I did. So you did see it on the Wikipedia. I did see it. I thought about putting it on as a fun fact, but I didn't. It definitely got some Twin Peaks vibe, like everybody, I, there's some weird 
NPCs in this game. Um, I don't know anything about Twin Peaks other than David, uh, David Lynch. Watch like, yeah, well, that's all you need to know is David Lynch. <laughs> it's super weird. Watch one episode of it and you'll, you're, you've got, you've had enough. You got it. It's like, is it like Black Mirror? It's like, what if we took like <laughs> the weirdest episode of X-Files and then just added a little mushrooms? <laughs> you know? All right. All right. I got another one. This one wasn't from the Wikipedia, I don't okay. think. Which two items can be combined to create a super item? Which two items can be combined to create a super item? Is it the ocarina and the boomerang? I don't know. I only know what one of those is. The bombs and the bow, <laughs> the magic wand and the shovel, or the hookshot and the rooster? What? Okay, run, run that down one more time. Ocarina and the boomerang. Again, the boomerang and what? Ocarina. I the, don't, the bombs and the bow. The bombs and the bow. The magic wand and the shovel or the hookshot and the rooster. Okay, so I don't... Okay. The the one that's jumping out to me yeah. is the hookshot and the rooster because that's the one that makes the most sense. <laughs> okay. Because you can pick up the rooster with the power bracelet, and then I imagine yeah. if you have the hookshot um, equipped, then you could hookshot yourself. Although that seems redundant. Yeah. Um, so I like that. That seems feasible, but redundant. So no. Okay. Process <laughs> of elimination. So you said the magic wand, the, the magic rod. The magic um, rod and the shovel. And the shovel. Like what would you, like what? Fire shovel. Like fire shovel. What is this? A Crypt of the Necrodancer? Like digging through Wall, paper floors. Walls. Yes. Okay. No. Okay. No. Uh, Ocarina and the Boomerang. I still just don't know what you're okay, saying. Okay. Ocarina and the Bomberang. <laughs> I don't think it's like that wouldn't, how you couldn't even, because the Ocarina like stops you in your track. You put some holes in the in the Boomerang and now you can play it. Oh, or it's also like, like the croissant. Croissant. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the bombs in the bow. I would say the bombs in the bow make some practical sense. Yes. Like you drop a bomb, shoot an arrow through it, maybe carry that. Not thing. that. I don't know. That's not what you do. No. no. But that is the correct answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you equip them to A and B and you hit A and B at the same time, it will shoot a bomb arrow. Whoa. Yeah. That's basically what I was implying. You almost never, you don't ever need it, but it is a thing you can do. It's it's like programmed into the game. It's not a glitch. It's programmed in. It takes away one arrow and one bomb. Wow. That's yeah. cool. There That's you go. Cool. Also, if you do want a rooster uh, item combo, you can throw the boomerang, which you didn't get for some insane reason. You throw the boomerang, then grab the rooster. You're now flying, and the boomerang can't get to your hand, so it just spins below you, and you can use it to destroy any bad guy you fly oh, over. So that seems, is in the game. That's fun. I think that's probably a glitch and not a planned <laughs> yeah. thing, but it is really nice. Uh, Jordan, moving on. Uh, we don't have a bounty winner for January or Cajuary. Not yet, because Not yet, we are because currently we recording are. from the past. We are in... It's, a, it's like a link to the future. A link's awake-up past. Awake-up past. Uh, but we... This this episode's coming out the very end of January for Patreon, but February early... Let me look at the date. First, February 1st. February 1st. For, for the that public is feed. very early February. For the, yes, for the public feed. So we do have a new bounty for February. Um, in in honor of the puzzles, yeah, being just so, um, there's puzzles um, in this game. <laughs> it's also kind of puzzling. 
In honor of the love-hate relationship that I have with puzzles, we have a puzzle bounty for February. Yes. The question is, do you like puzzle games? If yes, what's your favorite puzzle game? And if no, what game made you hate puzzles? <laughs> <laughs> so, do you like puzzle games? And then, if yes, what's your favorite? And if no, what game made you hate puzzles? There you go. All you have to do is send us a DM with your answer. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at WIOW Podcast. You can also send Dan or myself a direct message on Discord. Um, you can send us an email. At worth it or worthless podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, every month you can earn additional bounty entries just by participating in our Discord server. You do still have to submit an official entry, but just by chatting on Discord, you can earn a few additional bounty entries, and those could come in handy to win you this month's prize, which is something. <laughs> I was, I was like, what is it? We got to say it. It's uh, it's $20. You know, on twenty dollars cash. North, not, not, no, it's it's not cash. <laughs> I not cash. I don't know if we can give away cash. Like, I don't know. Like, I think there's some... There might think, be some. I don't think we can do that. You're gonna get twenty dollars in, in old copper in, pennies. No, not that's also cash. Sock. That's also no. A we're not sock getting of pennies. Stop talking. We're gonna give you twenty dollars in stock <laughs> Jordan, options. For no, we're Tesla. not. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> None what of we're that is actually true. giving away is a twenty dollar code for either the North American eShop, North American Xbox slash Microsoft Store or whatever. North American PlayStation Network, or we'll, we'll do Steam. Uh, oh, Emo Fergie, Emo Fergie asked about Steam last month, and I was like, we didn't say it. It's because he so, wants to get Roller Coaster Tycoon. He probably, I don't know what he wants to get, but um, so we're also we're going to throw Steam in the mix as well. Yes, it does help us if when you submit your entry, you let us know which platform you'd like to win yes. for. We've been saying that for a couple or for a month now, and I don't think a single one of our bounty entries included which uh, platform they wanted well, for. Th- help think, us out, your people. I think in the first year. January episode, we forgot to say it, uh, and then I think we quickly said it in the second episode. Okay, so now we need to articulate. It. Let do. us know what platform you would like. Um, w- one winner rules are in the description of the bounty. Yes, all um, the official rules, none of my yeah. shenanigans. Worth it or worthless.com slash bounty. But I letting us, yes, yeah, that is correct. Yeah, by letting us know what one you want, you will speed up your prize if you yeah. win the winner. <laughs> Save a little back and forth. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I don't know what we're playing next. I haven't posted the Patreon poll. Yeah, I've been I've been playing this and just it's all right. crazy. So we're gonna play something random. Well, um, it won't, yeah. Well, I mean, it won't be super random. That's one of it's the perks. Per, it's a pretty random. But I mean, um, like, it I have won't, an idea of random. Yes, but it will be a selection by our Patreon supporters. That yes. is one of the perks you get is that you can choose. One of our episodes per month, you can vote. We're talking um, about Patreon, Jordan? Yeah, Patreon. Yeah. Worth it or worthless.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash worth it or worthless. Those are both great options to get there. <laughs> and you can get all sorts of little perks. One of them being you can help us choose one episode a month. Yep. Or you get an extra podcast called Super Worth It or Worthless All-Stars Deluxe, where we have different retro gaming conversations than the ones that we have on this show. And in a couple of those episodes, you can meet another Jordan. Another Jordan. Too many Jordan, as I... Um, you have somewhat said that. affectionately referred I know, to them. It sort of feels hurtful, but yeah, I'll just I'll roll with it. Yeah, well. uh, also, early access to this show and a merch discount. Yeah, all those things. Speaking of merch, Jordan, we got. Uh, we if you go to worth it or worthless.com slash shop, it will take you to our uh, our merch store where we have stickers now. Yeah. 
So you yeah, can, yeah, you yeah. Can, if you if you want some worth it or worthless stickers, we have three different stickers up there. Yes, we also occasionally upload some bonus content. Like we did an yeah. AMA on uh, the Patreon. That was good. We'll yeah. definitely do some more of those in the future. Yeah. So check it out. If you if you're just like I can't wait two weeks for more worth it or worthless, <laughs> you can go get yourself some more. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, uh, do we have anything else before we close out the show with our uh, with our music? I feel like we're forgetting something. Well, but I'm not going to remember it until we stop recording. That's fine. There, you know, there's always another episode. There's always another episode, and yeah. I'm going to forget. Well, Dan, maybe this whole podcast was just a dream. Maybe, maybe we need to go find the wind whale. The wind whale. <laughs> the whale and the willows. Is there any lore on the windfish? Oh, dude, I'm sure there is. But do you think that I could be even remotely bothered to find out about it? So if you don't know my friend Jordan, he all, he comes out with these like ridiculous things that he'll say sometimes yeah. and they're actually true. Yeah. Well, if I'm going to say it, it's going to be true. No. Like refer no, back no, to the no, <laughs> the bounty no. segment from earlier. <laughs> but yeah, you have hit me with some stuff where I'm like, is that? Yeah. Like sometimes I don't want to believe you when you say some things. I, Not on this podcast usually. It's usually yeah. outside of the, the confines of this podcast. You don't have any examples though. I, it's been a while since you've hit me with uh, like some kind of fun life fact. Life fact. Life fact. Yeah. That uh, I was like surprised. Well, maybe about. I'll try to do that more often. I got to keep you on yeah. your toes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of toes, <laughs> music, I really hope music you segment. Can, <laughs> I really hope you can pull this together. Nope. Here. Okay, it has a toes have nothing to do with today's song is presented by toes. Nope. Speaking of toes, we have a new sponsor. Nope. Toes. <laughs> there, most people have ten of them. If you don't, um, I'm sorry, but uh, toes. Why? Why? Why not? Why does this happen on this podcast? The first half of the podcast was sponsored by Pedialyte. Now we got toes. <laughs> We're just trying to bring it all together. Uh, we are bringing it all together, Jordan. The this the the music segment today uh, it ends where it started. Oh, with Zelda and Chill. Oh, finally, finally, finally. You know, we've been just tossing these in willy nilly. You get some. That's what they say. You know, we're playing 1943. You get a Pokemon song. Yeah. We're playing Zelda. You get a Zelda song. Yeah. Well, sometimes you can't line it up, but that's right. Know. Yeah. There's not that many covers of 1943 tunes out yeah, there. Yeah. So we got Breath of the Wild today, Jordan. By if I I so I've watched interviews. I've done some digging. Yeah. Not Mikel. Yeah. Michael. It's spelled M I K E L. Yes. Michael. Okay. Michael. All right. I even watched that's, an interview where on is he, YouTube he's, is he German? Yes. Okay. At least as long as he's not just like some guy from Ohio. The, in the guy in the interview, the guy was like, "I'm trying to remember not to call you Mikel." Yeah. Mike, and he starts off the interview calling him Michael, and then like later you hear him slip and call him Mikel. Well, yeah, because it's <laughs> spelled Mikel. All right. M I K E L Zelda and Chill. One of the great, great lo-fi video game records out there. We love this stuff, but I kind of yeah. hope that none of these uh, dudes ever listen to the podcast because I'm sure we've, <laughs> we've butchered all of their names. Uh, Zelda and Chill 3 is currently uh, being made. Ooh, so something to look forward exciting, to. Yeah. 2022 getting off hopefully, to a good start. Hopefully it's 2022. Who knows? All right, my friends. We will see you in two weeks. Two weeks. We will see with you. With something. Yes. I, we, may, we might even be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. Bye.